Hey guys, welcome to season two of Guards of Eden. We are back. Ah, I can't believe it. Before we get into what you're about to listen to with season two and episode one, I want to thank anybody that's listened to season one, whether it's one episode, whether it's a couple, whether it's the entire season. I'm extremely grateful. I'm also very grateful that you're returning and listening to season two. Secondly, I want to welcome our first time listeners. Welcome. Um, my name's Luca Olius, for those of you that don't know me, and this is Guards of Eden. Today's episode is with the fantastic Dominique Frigali. It's an episode I did want to record in season one, and we did discuss it at the time, and it just didn't happen. It's more my fault, in, if I'm honest. But in that space of time, from season one to now, Dominique became our deputy Miss England, which is amazing. We covered that and we covered also how she started off her career in early teens as an actress and how she's continued to use her platform to shine a light on some really important topics, whether it's bullying, mental health, whether it's gun and knife crime awareness. There's just a whole bunch of topics that she's attached her name to. She's really did her best to shine a light on it all. And we cover that and her journey from prior to acting all the way through to now and what she hopes to kind of achieve going forward. And I'm really excited for you to hear the episode. And for those of you that are returning listeners, I've already made you wait three months. So without further ado, here we go. Three, two, one, enjoy. Hey Dom, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Because I prepped you before. You did. The first question is going to be, can you give me a song that reminds a fond memory in your life? Yeah, okay, so I've got two now, actually. Uh, Very different. Exciting. Uh, Yeah, build suspense, come (laughs) on. Well, the first one is Ooh La La by The Faces. And I feel like everyone will know that song um, from Without a Paddle, which is a classic film. And it reminds (laughs) me of my brother. I don't know why, but I remember watching the movie with my brother and every time I hear it, I get like super emotional Aww, just thinking about my brother that's so cute he's fine like he's you know he's yeah. all right but i just you know i'm being a big sister and like being overly protective of him which Aww. he hates but yeah <laughs> and um the other one which will be so odd is um <laughs> the godfather waltz okay know, <laughs> nina rotter i believe i know yeah so the godfather yeah yeah yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. i was just double checking godfather awesome you know, cause one of my favourite films. It's such a classic. Unreal. But uh, yeah, so very weird too. And after the interview, we'll choose whichever one because <laughs> big reveal. Yes. Because actually the people don't know this, mm-hmm. but there is going to be a playlist on my Spotify where everyone, including season one guests, they're going to have their song on there and it's going to be Amazing. one song to represent each person. Amazing. Which is, I'm very excited yeah, about. Yeah, that'd be great. And I was like, Ah, yes, finally. Something yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, it's another thing that I really love. And then once again, it's audio-based, audio-based podcast, audio-based kind of yeah. side thing. Yeah, so. you get to know someone actually a lot more as well, like mm. based on their music taste and stuff as well, I think. 100%. It's going to yeah. be a wild playlist. I've got a funny feeling. But okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the guests now. And I'm like, wow, everyone's music taste is very different. Yeah. But yeah, so that's going to... The soundtrack's going to be very odd. Yeah, the <laughs> soundtrack of Gods of Eden is going to be wildly mixed. Great. Um, so <clears throat> as far as I could look back, yeah. the first thing that I could kind of think of 
I guess, in your career yeah. was you being in Wednesday's Child, which yeah. is a short film. <laughs> How was that experience? Uh, that was nearly 11 years ago now That's which wild. is insane um, 11 years ago um i yeah so i was involved with this short film and it was this movie production company came from london um came over to lincolnshire that's where i'm originally from and they were just looking for like extras for the film and i auditioned for it i mean i was always loved telling stories like ever since i was little so i was like you know i really want to do this and then they ended up giving me a main role yeah, which was which great. I, I did watch it. You did watch it. Oh, jeez, it's you on YouTube so somewhere. I was baby faced. Yeah. I mean, I still got ID'd, so I don't think much has changed. But <laughs> <laughs> I just got a lot taller. So yeah, that was that was eleven years ago, and then we from there the movie was shown nationwide in schools around the country, promoting you know the power of anti-bullying and encouraging and educating um being aware about gun crime yeah. and um so from there we were also all nominated for the Downer award and we were each awarded the Downer award at bafta whoop, whoop, whoop. which <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you so much for that uh <laughs> didn't expect that and um yeah, that was 2007, I believe. And um, I've been involved with the Downer Award ever since. How was it to cover? Because they are the two, I would say they're the two main themes I picked up anyway, is the idea of anti-bullying and gun crime. Mm -hmm. How was it to cover topics like that when you were at such a young age? Well, I was, I was bullied when I was younger. I was severely bullied when I was a child. And you know what? Still to this day, I don't really know why. I don't think right. anyone really knows why i think i think it's more to do with the bullies there's something about them that they're not happy about themselves and so when i did get involved with the film i just kind of used it not from my own experiences but i i wanted to make sure that no one would have to go through that on their own again yeah. i mean and that's that's why i was so involved with it and I wanted to get involved and I wanted to push it I wanted to see how far it could go even from that young age because I thought there's someone else in a situation that I would have been in and you know if they see this film great you know if they, even if they just see it and go oh you know what I'm going to think about how I act to this person or if I see something I don't agree with I'm going to step in or I'm going to tell someone they trust and even if it's just one person like the, the movie's done its job it wasn't just yeah. about doing a movie it was about having a, a subtext message underneath it yeah because i i experienced bullying i guess i think i went to an all-boys school so it's mm -hmm. the, the lines get blurred in terms mm -hmm. of like banter and yes what that is yep. so i mean i thought it was bullying but you know i'm also really sensitive so that's just another thing that i kind of I'm always wrestling whether i'm being too sensitive or not but, but that's such a lovely thing to be though i was yeah. reading about this yesterday that it's having so much love to give and being so close to your feelings and being so sensitive is just i think a signs of a wonderful person thank you it's, you're welcome um, <laughs> no it's um and it is good because it's it's kind of it raises your level of intuition and there's certain benefits there that i've read about because i've always been intrigued by it yeah i just thought at that age like i would have really struggled to kind of deal with such big i guess really big themes at a young age mm. like so it kind of gave me more respect and admiration for you like i can't believe that she was like breaching these sort of topics not when they were in fashion which they can seem especially the bullying yeah. thing right and how the mental health movements moved yeah but what were you like before you got into acting oh god i was quiet 
Really? I was a really quiet kid and I used to apologise for everything. Like, it, nothing was my fault. Yeah, yeah. I just apologise. And even my mum and dad were like, you don't have to keep apologising for anything. And I was like, I know, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I don't know. I was just I was just very quiet and I was very um I kept to myself. I was friends with everyone, really. Sure. I I was kind of like a bit of a floating friend. I had like friends or different groups, which was nice. I read a lot. I was a bit of a geek Aww. and I think being a geek is so cool. Yeah. Um <laughs> I do and I still read so much now, but yeah, I mean, to me, like I said earlier, acting was just a way of storytelling and I love telling stories and I think part of it as well is that I I never really liked the attention on me. I liked the attention on things I was doing. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's why I went into acting because I wasn't actually me. Like right. my parents were always so, you know, amazed that I could go on stage in front of thousands of people and you know, cry or yell or do something as a character. And they were like, oh, I can never do that, I can never do that. But then I was like, well, no, if that was me going on there, yeah. I'd be so scared and, you know worried and you know even when I did doing Miss England which yeah. I'm sure we'll get on to but 100%. you know um when I was walking the catwalk as me yeah. that was the most nerve-wracking part really? but yeah absolutely <laughs> but when I was talking about things that I was passionate about I could talk all day yeah. but it's really odd when it's the attention on me whereas yeah. I'd like the attention on the, other things I'm the, talking about or yeah it's weird so and this is a question I didn't think of but do you see acting as a complete transformation? So then you're saying being on stage as you can be really challenging and mm. you're guess, I guess self-aware in that moment. But do you find it that when you're playing a, a role like in something live that you just don't really think of yourself as yourself, that you completely immerse? Yeah, I try story? to. I yeah. mean, it's, you know, there's a lot of actors when I was you know involved with acting more there was a lot of actors that say they completely go method and they completely turn themselves into a different character you know they I mean Daniel Day-Lewis goes as that person all the time do you know what I mean mm -hmm. but uh, for me I think it's important to bring I mean you're never going to 100% change yourself into a different person are you mm -hmm. but I think it's important to bring things from your life that have made certain effects and brought about different emotions to that person and I think that's exactly why I do do public speaking and you know um, I give motivational speeches and talk at events and stuff like that because you're talking from experiences and that's what makes it so unique and also brings about that emotive feelings and expressions because otherwise you're just talking about something you don't really know and people want to hear from the root, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Completely, yeah. Agree. completely agree. Yeah. And as you were saying that you think geeks are great. Yes. One interesting fact I found out. About okay. You, oh gosh. Where did you find your fascination for ancient? Let me get this oh right. Egyptology. How did you find out about that? <laughs> because I'm a great researcher. Oh that's my all god! I, mean. I need to be careful what's out there. Um, <laughs> if you're, you're like a great detective. Um, <laughs> I like. I was obsessed with the mummy. That's so the great. The movie, like, Rachel Weisz and the Mummy is, <laughs> if I didn't do media and writing and speaking, I would happily lock myself in a library all day and look up ancient Egypt and, you know, even ancient Greek. I studied classic civilizations at school. Ah, so okay. um, I'm obsessed with, like, the gods, goddesses, and... <laughs> all the, I'm obsessed so me and my mum are actually going to this um, event in the end of December about ancient Egypt and oh, so I can't great. wait like 
I don't know why. I don't know why I'm obsessed with it, but I just love history. I think, and like yeah. again, I think they, they tell stories. So, and I'm also obsessed with Cleopatra. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think she. I think I would love to have. Uh, yeah, that would have been a good been time. Been there at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I was going to say. I was going to say. What was your first experience that kind of sparked like mental health in terms of it being in the forefront of the work you do? Um, so I lived in LA from 2016 till 2018 uh, because my mum was from California originally. Sure. So I've got UK and US passports, yep. which is like gold dust now. Yeah, big time. Um, it is. So I've had many marriage proposals uh, oh, for them. Yeah, um, sure. With financial benefits, and I'm like, I need a lot more money if <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to give up. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> my single status for that. Um, so uh, yeah, so I lived in LA, and um, LA can be a very lonely place. Mm-hmm. And I know we were talking about a little bit earlier that you know it's West Coast, Best Coast, or yeah, like yeah. East, things like that, and. LA is very, LA is beautiful in its own way. It's got a lot of culture in terms of a lot of people from all different areas of the world come there. Love meeting the people. I think the people are the thing that makes LA and I also think some of the people are also what makes LA not as great as it can be sometimes. When I was living in LA, I came across a lot of fake individuals, which, you know, I think that's a given in LA. But there was one girl I met on a film set and we hit it off straight away she was so sweet and just the most wonderful person like she was beautiful inside and out and we became really close friends and um i actually was on twitter one day and uh we met on this movie called the maestro and um on the movie one of the producers wrote on a tweet saying in loving memory of my friend and i was like that's weird what is that about? So I text her, didn't get a reply, left it a day, and I was like, this is really weird. Then I messaged uh, the producer, and I was like, what? What, are you, what is this? What is happening? And he told me what happened, and um, she took her own life, um, and she had a lot of severe anxiety, and um, she was depressed, and it was something I didn't know anything about. I didn't know anything about it because she just seemed so full of life like she was the one giving me that zest for life and being perky all the time and when I was down she'd be like no come on stop like come on let's do this let's do that and it I was so shocked and I remember because I was going home to England like a couple of days later and I remember going home and I was just in a state of like it was like a cover over me. It was it was odd. Like I was I was working away and I was living my life, but my dad said to me, "Are you okay?" And I realised then that like I wasn't like yeah, yeah. I wasn't okay. And I was I was me, but I always had the hair at the back of my mind. And I was like, it, it, something's not right. Like, and I was just like, I can't. It's not fair. It's just like the world wasn't fair to me. It just didn't seem fair. So when everything happened, I just thought, you know what? I can't, I can't go on letting things like that happen. So that's when I started to get into mental health more. And I've had actually a lot of people message me or speak to me at events and say, oh, so what, what's wrong with you? Like, what do you have? And I'm like, well, there's, first of all, there's nothing wrong with anyone first of all there's nothing wrong with anyone in this world and I don't have anything it's not like I can catch a cold um but for me I didn't 
know if I had anxiety. I didn't know if I had depression. I didn't know if I had all this, you know, any mental health issues, but I knew that I had mental health. So I was going through something that happened to me with someone who had mental health issues, but I didn't know how to handle it. And everyone concentrates on the individual has mental health issues, which is, you know, absolutely should. But you also need to give support to those who don't necessarily have any issues at the moment or, you know, ever really, but what support can be given to them as well? So I was really pushing for that. So something can happen to anyone because, and everyone says that, you know, mental health issues affect one in four of us where I don't agree with that. I think it's one in one because everyone knows someone. It's just some people better are hiding it. I completely agree. How was it writing that article? Because I read the article yeah. on MQ, yeah. mental health page. Um, yeah, MQ asked me to be an ambassador with them, mm-hmm. um, which they're a wonderful, wonderful research mental health charity, and they research actually into mental health issues mm-hmm. and with doctors and psychologists. They're amazing. I wrote the article kind of like a diary piece, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, yeah. to me that was very therapeutic, and I definitely recommend to anyone to write their feelings emotions that doesn't have to be concise it can be all over the place right, so yeah, like yeah. you know it's fine i mean i mean we, i was just talking about this to my one of my colleagues yesterday that you know going through a breakup it's it helps to write it helps you know if you're having an argument with a friend write it out because at least it's out then yeah and yeah and if you don't want to show anyone that's fine mm-hmm. but i think the power of writing is so so useful and therapeutic yeah so on two parts i agree so the two parts i'm agreeing on are i've written a lot in terms of blogs and gone in that direction i wrote one on me having my sexuality question for mm-hmm. a long time and that was kind of one that i wrote when i was really it was quite raw so the article came out as quite like that um, yeah. i'm glad how it came out but yeah i look back now and i'm like yeah i really remember like feeling that way yeah um but also it's this idea of the writing aspect. It Writing using a pen and paper, it activates a certain part of your central nervous system that you don't through typing or anything. So the idea of actually pen, paper, writing, it actually like engages your body on, so a, a, on like a different yeah. system. So I completely agree on both accounts in terms of the emotional out. I guess outlet is probably the best word, but also the art of like, I need to do it more like, handwriting yeah feelings and yeah. stuff like that so i completely agree yeah absolutely one thing and i guess to biggie piggyback off that another reason i was like wow dom great is that you spoke about men's mental health yeah and how it's still somewhat i know this article was written a couple of years ago but it's aged well in terms of the points in it are still very relevant mm-hmm. even as quickly as our society moves yeah. they're still like i guess sticking points on that but um yeah that was another thing that that really stuck out to me when i was reading the article i was like yes still a sort of taboo topic i guess in mainstream yeah it is i mean i yeah so i i was dating someone in la for a while who had a lot of mental health issues and um i think that was part of the breakdown of our relationship Mm -hmm. um because it just felt like he couldn't talk to me and you know i meant to be one of the closest people person you know to that individual and uh, you know i was also speaking about this with my dad and one of other family friends my dad um, was diagnosed with leukemia when i was uh, well 17 years ago and a nurse said to him when you know he was in the hospital at nottingham city hospital that 
it's all mental a lot of you yeah. know a lot of it is mental and mm-hmm. you just have to keep that mental side up but my dad you know we come from Italian background yeah. Italians are very emotive and very passionate but we also don't talk about our feelings a lot of yeah, time yeah, yeah. and especially being British as well we definitely don't talk about our feelings a lot mm. you know this is what my dad was saying that you know men they, they've gotten better about talking about their feelings mm-hmm. but I feel you know, and, and even men do, they know, I think men do know this. There's that, that stigma to be the man, the dominant man, yeah, the yeah. manly man who um, has nothing wrong with him. Don't cry. And you know, like, real men don't cry. And, yeah. and you know, everyone's a real man. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, it's not, you're not a fake man, you're not a plastic man. Everyone's real. Um, <laughs> but if you want to cry, you you should be able to cry. And especially it's, you know, considering in um, corporate environments as well now, mm. This is why I'm working with Disney on their mental health trust scheme because we're we're working on the fact that if I was to say to you, oh, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm good. You're right, you. Yeah, you don't have to just answer it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a time and a place, obviously, if you want to talk about things. But if you want to pull someone aside and say, you know what, I am really struggling with this. Can we talk about this, you know, after work or something? Mm that's fine yeah. that's okay to do that and I think there is still that stigma of people think it's you're showing weakness if you need some help sometimes yeah it's really challenging especially yeah. I'd assume especially in leadership roles I think the idea of when you have to be strong for someone else in terms of a professional setting yeah. it's even harder right yeah there. you've got to be the one that if a problem happens you've got to solve the problem yeah. be somewhat robotic in the terms of like the yeah. emotion behind it and yeah, I think it's harder in a working setting. Yeah, and I get that. I really do get that. Cause I, you know, work. I can see at Disney, like the CEOs, executives. It, it's they're under a lot of pressure, mm. and I get that they have to be this person that people can turn up, you know, turn to and look up to. Great, but I also think that in any corporate environment, if you need to take an hour after work or an hour before work just to de-stress or even just you know do something that makes you de-stress I think that's so important as well I completely agree yeah what were your coping kind of techniques coming out of that the LA everything that happened with your friend coming home yeah and then you have this realization like oh maybe I'm not all right yeah what were like your coping techniques in terms of Look, coping has its connotations, but it's more so just like what was your routine of like maintaining some health, the mental yeah, side yeah, of yeah. Talking was really? my main thing. Yeah. Uh, talking, yeah. I'm also I'm one of these people who people ask for advice. Uh-huh. I'm always been that person, which I, I you know it's a very it's a privilege to be that person. Yeah. Um, but there comes a time where you need to speak. Yeah, yeah. You know, where there's a time where I need to vent or seek advice or just have someone listen. And I think that's a really big mechanism to be able to cope with a lot of things. So I think turning to a best friend or a partner or your parents or therapist, like just go and talk Mm -hmm. and I mean people want to listen you're never a burden to someone who really cares about you You never are and also listening to music but listening to certain types of music don't don't indulge you know it's hard you know when people go through like a breakup they want to listen to the music that reminds them of their ex or they want to listen to the songs that you know are really sweet and sad but don't feed that part of your mind where you're thinking oh I really don't want to feed it Mm -hmm. 
listen to music that's upbeat or uplifting or like podcasts yeah. and like read go sit in the sun and it it's just I know it sounds so simple and it's hard but if you make yourself do it there'll be benefits but it's also as well though if you know you're not having a good day that's okay yeah. that's all right if you want to just you know stay inside and just watch a movie or something that's fine like yeah. at least you've recognized it yeah. and then just try again tomorrow and it, it, it's it's not a bad thing no i completely agree i recommend therapy 100 anybody that is listening now and hasn't done it yeah it's really really hard i nearly swore no, i'm not going to. that's okay <laughs> um <laughs> it's no it's really tough i i really um yeah, I, it, it wasn't easy, and I started going at 23. Yeah. So, yeah, I just remembered, you're, you're learning so much about yourself you've never even considered, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think that was my main one in terms of as I got older. But I've always been a music person. I'm a bit of a recluse anyway, only right. child. and Right. Yeah, I just think I've always been comfortable in my own space. But, of course, it's, it's that fine line between, I guess, isolation and... I guess being in a comfortable position mm-hmm. but I'm comfortable on my own Yes, but it's easy for me people to be like look we haven't seen you or heard you for like days weeks so yeah. but but that's great that people do do that yeah yeah I think I think it's because I've become a lot more open in terms of how I feel yeah so it's I guess it's putting that energy out it's the law of attraction right that you put an energy out that's inviting yeah, yeah. and it kind of finds its way back to you but yeah, they're my main ones, I guess, but it's so hard, it, it, especially men's mental health. Weird. You don't get a lot of women talk about it, in all honesty. Yeah, you don't. And as well, consider, you know, we're living in a time where, you know, Me Too is yeah, a big right. thing. Uh-huh. And a lot of men don't know what they can or cannot say. So staying quiet is just the easier option. And 100%. I get it. I mean, I sympathize with some guys who say, I don't know how to act on a date. Like, yeah. do I open the door for her? Do I pull a chair out? Do yeah. I pay? Do I not? And it's just like, well, just, I'm also a big person like communicating. So sure, if there's yeah. a problem with someone in my life, I'm like, what's up? Let's, yeah. let's deal with it. Let's <laughs> talk about it. Which I know some people aren't, yeah. but you know, just being communicative, I think, is such a big thing. So, yeah. if a guy wants to pay, let him pay. Like, you get the next one. It's okay. It, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, obviously, I'm... Oh, no. I just, you know, like, there's there's so much debate. There's so much debatable things, like equality and feminism, which, of course, I am completely for. Yeah. Of course, I am. It's just... There's so, you know, there's such a blur. Oh, we could go Do you know in what I mean? numerous directions. I know, I know there is. And I feel bad because it, it is. You, <laughs> I, yeah, I, yeah, there's loads of directions mm-hmm. that, and I've got strong feelings for. But yes. this is about you, Dom. We will discuss that yeah. after. <laughs> <laughs> um, you spoke about your time in California. Yes. How did you find it being a Brit working there? Oh, gosh. People love the accent. Okay. People love the accent. So I also put on an American accent someone I just didn't want to talk to people because people didn't want to talk to me as much which after a while I was just like I can't you know so bad to say but sometimes I was just like I don't talk so I just put the American accent on and people would leave me alone Um, was it your was it a valley valley girl oh it was so valley girl oh my god yeah it was really annoying and I don't think people (laughs) want to talk to me because of that (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, funny because that's like the default American accent. Because it is, yeah. But, but you actually were there, right? I know. So it made sense. So people are like, oh, God, another one. Another, yeah. And I I also didn't tell people that I was in the acting industry. Okay, right. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, right. at the time I was writing a lot more as well. So... And it's a it's a place where people like to see what they can get from you. Sure. So I didn't tell them what I was or what I was doing. Right. Um, but I definitely recommend to anyone to go there, like for a holiday. Like you will mm. have so much fun, and there's so many places yet to explore. Like you won't be able to cover all of them. But yeah, yeah a British imagine. person in LA, they'll love you. Yeah, because I, I had it in Boston when I was working there. Oh, great place. And. I yeah I'm really bad at being the center of attention yeah and, and I remember we I was working there for summer camp so I did yeah. three summers there but my my first summer so I was 19 mm-hmm. I was still quite sh- I was brash with amongst friends but in that setting I was quite shy yeah. so and my London accent was way stronger than it was now so I was getting the kids we were in like a McDonald's in like in the middle of nowhere right really because we were on on the way back for a trip but yeah anyway so i'm like come on we need to get in and especially when i shout it came out and i just heard all of a sudden i heard oh my god and i was like oh like, and she was like you're from england and i was like yeah oh, oh every bit of my skin is crawling why have you done this to me and i was like yeah i am and yeah. she was like where are you from and i was like oh. london and she lost her and oh. she lost her mind and um <laughs> Oh, bless her. Yeah, oh, but... Yeah, so I understand that feeling. Yeah, it's nice. It's I love it when people try to do the accent. It's like, oh... oh. God. Because it, it's hard. It's actually a pretty hard accent. Yeah. I don't think it was, but it is. Especially because it changes a lot. But yes. mine, especially mine being London, like, the kids were all from different places like, around the world. It was an English studies camp. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, they loved it. They were like, we didn't understand a lot of what you were saying, but... <laughs> They used to do the accent, and I was like, yeah, it's hilarious. They also didn't understand certain words, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, fit. Yeah. So, like, yeah, oh, yeah, he's yeah. fit. They'd be like, oh, like, physically, like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. muscles. And I'd be like, he doesn't have to have muscles, but he's just, like, a good-looking guy. Yeah. Or um, lush, they didn't get lush. Oh, God. Didn't get that. Yeah, there was so many more. I became, like, the Urban it. Dictionary of, like, our Urban stuff. Dictionary, yeah, nice. I, I basically became that for, nice. like, the London version of that for yeah, our nice. stuff. Right, because all these questions, and you've, you've fantastically answered a lot of oh, them. Oh, good. But let's talk about your brother. Mario. Yes. yes. Hello, Mario. Hello, Mario. He'll he'll be listening. <laughs> so he's a singer-songwriter. He is, yeah. And he's he does a lot of music production as well. Okay. So, um, yeah. And he's been picked up on the sidelines to do a little bit of modelling as well and everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, music is his passion. And, I mean, it was so odd. My parents and my family kind of have a joke between us that Mario actually wanted to be a doctor when he was younger and I wanted to be a lawyer. Right. And then we just, like... Yeah, complete polar complete 180. Complete opposites. My parents are like, why? Why could you just not <laughs> Yeah, we could have had that? doctors and lawyers. We could have just had that. <laughs> uh, but no, no, we don't like to make it easy. Um, so, yeah, Mario... Uh, is very 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 good uh guitar player uh self-taught piano wow and uh very good singer he's been playing guitar since he was so for about 12 years wow yeah very good what was it like growing up with someone that was also creative like that uh we very passionate people um so when we have arguments we argue yeah they're very they're very good arguments um (laughs) but when we work together we are a very good team so i mean if he has like a melody or a song you know he's you know messing about with 
you know, I'll I'll be there and I'll contribute some lyrics maybe or something. Yeah. So it works really well and he can see things for my career or about yeah. me that I didn't necessarily think of and yeah. he can push me in certain ways because we're, we're very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we also work well together. So I think oh. my parents like that they just don't like it obviously when we argue but you know that's, that's <laughs> siblings for you oh that's so cool yeah because i always think yeah being an only child i'm always intrigued by people's family structure yeah. first of all but then i find it even more interesting to think that you both had i guess like a somewhat similar maybe like brain structure in terms of both being quite creative yeah, maybe like geared i guess yeah there's some like psychological thing in there somewhere there has to be but um yeah he's he's like <laughs> everyone thinks he's when we're out together yeah. I don't I guess we don't really look alike okay as well like I think you can probably tell with siblings but he's got the more like harsh sharper features like he's right. like six foot two nearly six foot three or something mm-hmm. and whereas I'm more softer and things like that and um but yeah people think we're like a couple oh, and wow, he yeah. oh my god he hates it he's like no it's not no it's not my girlfriend and um, so I kind of have to like step apart when we're near each other sometimes so you know like girls can you know yeah. hit on him whereas I'm just like <laughs> take the seat back for him but it's also got to the point where my friends are starting to hit on him as well now and that's awkward oh god I'm just like I don't I don't know yeah you can't do that no 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 <laughs> he's still my baby brother so what's the, what's the age difference uh yeah two years two years so yeah right overall what do you think is the biggest misconception with the work that you've done oh that's a good question um well there's the whole thing where people think something's wrong with me okay which does nothing wrong with anyone (laughs) and i also get people who um they don't really know what i do yeah, that makes sense. They don't really know what I do. I've had right. that before. And yeah. people are like, so what do you do? I'm like, well, it's it's difficult to describe what I do. But overall, mm-hmm. I write and talk about things that are passionate, well, passionate about to me, mm-hmm. but are things that need to be spoken about in the world, really. Yeah. Um, and I think people just don't really get that sometimes. And yeah, I think hard, right? they they get it. They and they they really appreciate it when they read my articles. Mm. They see me talk about something. Um, they get it, and they're like, "Oh wow, that made me think about this, or that made me think about that." But it's like anything. You sometimes have to show people visually or make them hear something, and they're mm. like, "Oh, I get it now. That made me didn't that I didn't think about that, and it made me think about this about myself." And yeah. that's what I want. Really, I want people to find something within themselves that you always had that they love and then they can spread the word on more I think and that's you know exactly why I am getting involved with documentaries and um, public speaking more and yeah so yeah it's never really about me it's always about someone else which I like yeah 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 I can can understand and to speak to that point so you have acted (laughs) like so Stop me when I'm wrong. Oh, God. So acted. Yeah. Written. Yes. Presented. Yes. Which I love the presenting work you've done with Knife Crime and with Pride. Yeah. Really special stuff there. Yeah. And then I'm trying to think of other things. Well, we'll get on to pageant. Oh, gosh. I I don't know what the verb is for that. but Pageantry. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. (laughs) Um, Do you think having that versatility in your work has helped you kind of find who you wanted to be as a woman along yeah. the way yeah 100% I mean yeah like I, there's nothing against 9 to 5 office jobs nothing at all yeah. but to me I just know that I wouldn't 
I wouldn't flourish sure. as a person doing that for me. I just know my personality type is not, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> but there is a lot of people who think, you know, what I do, it doesn't make me, it kind of does make me annoyed a little bit that, which is rare for me to say I'm annoyed about something Ooh. because I don't, people don't really see my... World exclusive. No. <laughs> Um, yeah I don't I don't show that I get annoyed a lot very often the only people who do see that are my friends and my family who are closest to me Mm -hmm. and then the Italian side comes out and the hand gestures (laughs) are like oh my god like that things like that but um yeah I think I get a little bit you know annoyed where people look they sometimes can look down Mm. on the fact that I don't have a normal job and and that it's hurtful because It's like, well, no, no, no. First of all, what is normal? Right. Do you know what I mean? What's normal? And especially in today's day and age, um, the generations before us have made it possible that we can do what we want and we can go forward to talk and read and write and speak about what we want. And that's wonderful. My parents have been so supportive and I'm so grateful for that. But yeah, I just, I think it when people say, oh, you don't have a normal job, you don't, you don't work in finance, you don't work in a corporate environment or something. It's like, well, what a boring world if everyone did the same thing. Yeah. And I also, I have the opposite feeling that I feel like, I feel guilty when I talk about having... I guess like the most 2019 symbolic life ever, which is um, working for a digital online company and working in social media whilst having a podcast. But that's what the world is doing. That's what the yeah. world is. <laughs> yeah, I know. But Someone's like, got to do it. When they're like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I have the most stereotypical 2019 jobs and hobbies of all time. But I think it's so interesting. <laughs> I also love hearing like, you know, like talking to like a consultant yeah, or like yeah, someone yeah. in a works in a bank. I'm like, this is so fascinating to me because yeah. I have no idea what you do. <laughs> and that is amazing. And they're like, your job's fascinating. I'm like, let's just swap stories. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, that's great. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've been teasing it long enough. Okay. You have just oh, completed. I thought you were gonna get me to sing or something. Yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah. We've teased it long what? enough, and Dominique's got a song for us. Oh my god! Copyrights. <laughs> no, um, the Miss England stuff. Yes, we've teased that long enough. How was Miss that England. experience of pageantry? <laughs> um, so you know, people say about Miss Congeniality. Yeah. It very much was like Miss Congeniality. Was it actually? Yeah, very much so. Because you almost, you almost you almost showed a different side to it for me anyway. Oh, that's yeah. So I mean, okay. So I entered uh, because some of my friends were telling you know they were like, "Are you going to enter Miss England?" I was like, "Oh no, 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 I don't think so." And they were like, "No, no, enter, enter." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it more. I will." Yeah. So I looked into it more, and I was like, "You know what?" Part of me was a bit nervous mm-hmm. and part of me that I didn't really want to enter it yeah. before was because I thought of the um the swimsuit round was that do you know what I mean like parading yourself in a bikini and yeah. and you know people assume that there's just a lot of um airhead girls not right, women yeah, yeah, yeah. girls in it who are just you know smiling all the time and there's not much there <laughs> and all hoping for world peace and and that's not at all what it's like at it at all I entered yeah. Miss London came deputy Miss London because I I love London, obviously I love. Yeah. I'm so proud to be living here, and I was like, wow, okay, this is incredible. And I was surrounded by incredible women. I mean, one woman was homeless for months, and she, 
now is completely debt free and um, doing a lot of modeling and starting her own business and incredible. And then another woman who's very close to me now, she survived sepsis and now she's a sepsis advocate and so many incredible women. Mm. And I was just like, wow, these women are people who have got stories yeah, and like, yeah, they're yeah. really interesting. So then I was um, asked to come to Miss England and I thought, oh my God, this is something I never thought I'd do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone thinks it's so easy. They really do. Everyone thinks, you know, just buy a pretty dress, put some makeup on, smile a little bit, walk down the catwalk a bit and you're done. <laughs> Not at all. No. My life for the past four months, blood, sweat and tears, literally yeah, blood, yeah. sweat and tears. There was like, there was 12 rounds. Um, it's based more on charity work. It's based on what you have to say. It's based on what you what you want to do with your voice. Mm-hmm. And so down from, I was in the final 55 out of 20,000 applicants for this year. It's the highest number of applicants I've ever tried for Miss England. It was incredible. It was hard. It was, you know, it was really hard. And there were times where I thought I would be so lucky to even get the top 54 I would be so lucky to even get the top 20 and there were thought parts where I was like well I even told you I was like I'm not gonna get anywhere I'm not gonna get anywhere oh my god oh my god and then um I was chosen as deputy Miss England and they said it was such a close call and yeah so I'm deputy Miss England um yeah I'm hoping to go to the uh Miss World is in England as well this year which is amazing um December 14th so I'm going to Miss England to support uh, Miss World sorry to support Miss England and um yeah it's it's incredible it's been an incredible (laughs) journey and I am such an advocate now for anyone who says you know and if anyone says pageants are easy and they're full of airheads you you are very wrong yeah yeah very wrong yeah because I obviously kept in quote contact with you kind of throughout the process mm-hmm. yeah you saw it yeah, yeah yeah and kind of saw a lot of what you were doing and there was all these rounds and mm-hmm. um yeah i was like jesus this is it, it it did actually give me a completely different perspective of what it was yeah. going to be because i'm like look yeah dom she's gorgeous like that's for oh, me in terms of like that was like obvious but then to see like you know i knew you i had obviously looked at these certain things like wednesday's child and yeah. different bits and bobs so for me anyway like i knew that there was more to you and it was nice to see that that was something that was highlighted i guess throughout the mm. throughout the process but did you have a favorite round i did yeah so one of my favorite rounds uh there was two so my mm. favorite round first of all was the bare face no makeup round yeah it's the first time it's ever been introduced mm-hmm. in miss england and they're going to keep it going now which is great and you all the women each round was optional but yeah. Every round was entered by most of the women. You just have to go bareface for the pretty much the whole morning. And it's just your confidence to be you, to show you, to show the world, this is me, with me without any makeup on, and we're in a pageant. So do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you don't have to wear makeup everywhere you go. And since doing that um, and posting on my social media, and I was a bit nervous, but I also thought, you know what? This is me. Like, mm-hmm. it, for anyone who knows me now... I, I try not to wear makeup as much as I can. I love yeah. not wearing makeup. I really yeah. do. Like, I'm yeah. wearing makeup right now. Yeah. But um, I love not wearing makeup now, and I really 
don't wear it as much anymore because of that. And um, another round, which was great, was the eco eco round. So we all had to make our own dresses. Oh. Or outfits, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, outfits yeah. from um, recycled, uh, charity shop material, anything. Yeah, yeah. So I bought from charity shops I also made my dress uh was the so the material that was the base for it was from my great great grandma's curtains during the blitz which she blacked out her um her windows with wow um so it's like nearly 90 years old this curtain because my grand my great grandma's still alive she's you know she's 97 just That's you know crazy, like yeah. little spit of fire she really is <laughs> um no pills no nothing she's just fine and um yeah so that was one round i really loved because it was oh. like bringing the older generation into now yeah, so. yeah has that changed your perspective on continuing to be in the pageantry circuit yes i'm very supportive mm-hmm. of any woman girl men because there also there's also yeah. men's pageants very supportive because there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes than people think mm-hmm. and i would encourage anyone to do it as well even if it's just for a confidence boost i mean a lot of the girls entered it just because they want to do for a confidence boost and that's amazing yeah uh, you'll definitely be a lot more confident after you come out of there for sure <laughs> yeah I mean, it's amazing the amount of work that you've done. Mm. Is there one particular stemming from the absolute beginning to this moment in time that you are the most proud of? Oh, gosh, there's so many. I really am very proud that when I was awarded the Diana Award, really? um, where at such a young age, but just being involved with the Diana Award, I am so happy and my heart is so full every time I go into their offices or they invite me to go on you know give a a live interview or a radio or just even just doing like data in their office you know what I mean like filling data in on the the computer they're such incredible people Tessie the CEO and Alex the um vice CEO they're so wonderful people and I like having grown up with them almost like I've known them half my life is so wonderful (laughs) and yeah and their their motto is that young people can change the world and I really do believe that and they go into school and they give training free free training to uh, schools around the country and just help them with their self-esteem really and I mean they've they did a campaign with ASOS a couple of years ago and I remember I was actually filling in the data for this form all the kids from like 8 to 16 were filling in and their questions were like on a scale of 0 to 10 how confident do you feel like with yourself or you know out in the world and a lot of these kids especially when they were very little were going zeros one zero zero one what and I was like they're children do you know what I mean they're children and then I was looking at the forms after they'd done it and it was like nine ten ten (laughs) nine ten and it was it was wonderful and and people you know this is what people don't see sometimes and they they don't see that that Art people are really making a difference. They really are. And just to be a part of that in some way is just wonderful. Oh, I love it. Thank you. I, I mean, it's it. just, I just feel really passionate about it. Like, I don't do it for recognition or anything at all. Like, I really don't. Like, it's just such a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I've loved yeah. seeing the work you do. What are your hopes for your future now as, as life goes on at as this point? As life goes on. <laughs> I am. Um, setting up my own charity actually at the moment so um, what's it called uh there isn't a name yet i've got names floating around but um it's 
primarily going to be on uh, mental health and cool. anti-bullying. And um, yes, yeah, so that's one of my things I'm really hoping to progress with at the moment. And then, uh, thank you, so touching <laughs> some wood. And then um, writing, I'm, I'm still writing as much as I can. Good. You know, one of the aspirations is to get my own book out there. I mean, I have mm-hmm. pages down. It's Good. just uh, getting it out there, you yeah, know. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's finding that confidence, that bravery to do that because, you know, it's a big thing to share things about yourself. But I think that once you do do that, it also helps other people to recognise in themselves that they could speak out as well. Uh-huh. So that's good to be agree. able to do that. Yeah, and I'm also uh, working with a couple of other girls from Miss England mm. um, on some exciting things. Can't really talk too much about it at the minute. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, don't get yourself in trouble, No, please. I won't. But I, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's um, really exciting things that hopefully will be, yeah, people will appreciate and see soon. But yeah, I'm just, I'm still going to as many charity events as I can and hosting and being a part of that and um yeah public speaking just doing events and things like that still and our renaissance woman right renaissance woman yeah that's what I am (laughs) you never know what I'm doing so that's that's all good oh I love it yeah do you have a piece of advice for someone that's looking to pursue a creative career yeah Absolutely. I mean, I do get asked that question a lot, actually, but it could be like an acting or writing anything. And the biggest piece of advice is to embrace what makes you weird, to embrace what makes you think, oh, God, that person won't like that. Like me about like me because of this. I'm like, no, no, no. They will like you because of that. And um, I remember saying that in um, my final question for Miss England for final five. It was like, what have you learned about yourself? And I remember I said, you know, the the importance to be able to educate, encourage and empower individuals and the things that make you weird and one you know weird and crazy or you know wacky or out there are things that people in the future will love Mm -hmm. so embrace those things and remember it's okay to not be okay yeah so just also you know also not be afraid to talk to people because networking is terrifying it is (laughs) it is terrifying i hate it i I really don't like it like it's weird like i talk i love talking but also i don't like talking to people it's like i don't know um but don't be afraid to reach out like you reached out to me and like we we've created a really nice relationship now and half of the things i've done is because i've reached out to people and been Mm -hmm. like hey blah 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 or hey do you need me to do blah 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 like it's it's such a good thing and social media is such a great thing for that as well now so we can really embrace it so definitely embrace it yeah i've um yeah on that note i i haven't asked anybody to be on my podcast yet and felt comfortable doing it oh still haven't it's still really yeah i get nervous asking yeah i always feel really uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. yeah i mean I'm hoping it will dissipate somewhat. Might not ever dissipate, but you yeah, know what? Yeah. That's just because you obviously care about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't really care, you'd be like sending out a copy and paste to every yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, So whereas this, at least, you know, you're like, oh, I care about this. I want yeah, them to yeah, yeah. <laughs> be good. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Right, Dominique, you've been absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Before we go, 
can you please plug whatever you've got going on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the documentary I filmed with Jesse Nelson um, is still available to watch on iPlayer Ooh. called Odd One Out. Um, it focuses on Jesse Nelson from Little Mix, mm-hmm. um, her experiences of bullying from before she won the X Factor and then whilst she won the X Factor and then her journey afterwards. Um, it's an incredible story. It's really incredible. I was really fortunate to be asked to be a part of it. So I'm in it for a very short while, but the Diner Award that I'm also um, an ambassador and award holder for, um, there's a lot of stories in there on behalf of them and the training they do. So it's such it's such a worthwhile documentary. I mean, um, when it first premiered, it became worldwide trending on Twitter that evening. Oh. So Oh snap. <laughs> um so yes. So that yeah, so that's still available to watch. I am also I believe I think it'll be out by the time this um podcast comes out. Uh-huh. It's um I've just started doing some work with the female lead, which is a charity and um, that focuses on how and well, it focused on showing how women shape the world. Mm-hmm. So um, it's founded by Edwina Dunn, who also started the Tesco Club Card, Ooh. which is amazing. She's an incredible entrepreneur and she's so inspirational. She's an incredible woman. And um, so I was very, very fortunate to be asked to be a part of this new campaign they're doing called um, Breaking the Feed. Okay. And it's actually about how we as individuals, obviously there's so much concentration on mental health at the moment, but it can be quite negative as well. So with Disrupting the Feed, it's concentrating on how individuals can log on to their Instagram and instead of following the same people such as, you know, like models or influencers or reality TV individuals who, nothing wrong with that, but sometimes it can come across... um, quite fake a lot of things Uh and you come away from Instagram thinking oh feeling worse about yourself and you shouldn't go on to any social media feeling worse like you should use social media to inspire and not feel bad so yeah so that's exactly what disrupting the feed is about so you log on instead of following these individuals who you're used to following change up the feed change up the algorithm and follow individuals in sectors such as charities and politics and you know religion if you're if you're into religion or entertainment and um, the career you want to be in so your algorithm will get used to that and you'll change your feed you will disrupt the feed so yeah so I'm involved in filming with them and how my experience on mental health and I think what more can be done and how I think this is such a positive movement so the female lead it's online go check it out it's incredible it's such an amazing concept and idea yeah so I'm also doing I'm actually learning to well training to be a coach as well not a sports coach because I'm never going to be able to do that (laughs) (laughs) like It's never going to happen. No, I am doing some life coaching and empowerment coaching. Primarily, I, you know, I want to start off with women and young girls. So I really want to help females who feel stuck in their lives, break free from their comfort zone and create a life they really, truly desire. So, yeah, I'm working on that. So if anyone wants to reach out, that's more than 
you're more than welcome to um, just have a chat and public speaking in schools still training up the next generation of anti-bullying ambassadors um, going back to my old school talking Ooh. there which would be really weird <laughs> I'll probably feel so much taller um, <laughs> but yeah so I'm I'm still offering that up as well so if anyone wants to get in touch for things like that they can as well perfect and it's Instagram is at Dominique Fregali uh, yeah but you can also reach out my website as well which is dominiquefregali.com perfect everything's going to be in the show notes (laughs) right before we go we're going to do the final four questions amazing they are our slightly deeper questions (laughs) so question one what's one thing in your life that you're the most proud of overall proud of my family yeah i'm really proud of my family my family is a great family unit my mum, my dad and my brother and my dog l uh, <laughs> very proud of her yeah they were so supportive of each other when there's an event with anything uh, we're always there with each other we're like a little team and we have pieces of you know communication that only us four know and yeah it's 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 very special I'm very fortunate very proud to be in that Frigali family oh, I love it. <laughs> um, what's one piece of life advice would you give to listeners that it's okay to not be okay that it's it's strictly okay to not be okay and just remember like i said earlier what makes you weird is exactly what makes you you and that's wonderful completely agree. It really is <laughs> this is the newest of the okay. final four this is a slight change but what are three characteristics slash personality traits that you would say you've built your life upon up to this point passion passion and passion links with drip like being driven um, like I was saying earlier, if someone was to insult me, yeah. what would really get me is if they said to me that I wasn't a driven individual, uh-huh. that all, oh, that gets me. Um, <laughs> so that I've definitely learned about myself just to keep it up. I've learned what I will and will not accept from someone, um, friendship wise, romantic wise, family wise, definitely. And the power to communicate that now, yeah. uh, you know, I used to be someone, like I said, who said sorry all the time, kept my mouth shut not anymore no not anymore and also just the power to be power to be forgiving and knowing when to let go and that's really hard like I'm dealing with things now like I'm like (laughs) I don't want to let go of that or I don't want to let go of that person but you know what life moves on Mm -hmm. things change and it's hard is it is hard it really is hard like letting go of an ex or something is hard but you they come into your life people come into your life for a reason and and that's wonderful like you just have to find out why that reason was learn from it and let it go yeah and that's the biggest thing i think i've you know it took me a while to get that but you just have to understand it i think great the last one i do have to read so bear with me yeah no you read away (laughs) many years into the future Mm -hmm. your time as dominique fregali is coming to an end the person closest to you only has one sentence to describe your, you and your life here on earth. What would you hope that would be? Oh, wow. Oh, that's going to be emotional. <laughs> um, I would say she shared her love. Yeah, I really I really hope, yeah, people recognise that. Well, they, they see that I'm, I just, what I do, I do it for the benefit of other people and i've got a lot of love to give i really do um so i hope that people enjoy that i think would be oh, the main thing that was a great answer oh thank you oh i don't know i could get emotional now no. <laughs> um, 
I want to thank you for your time. I really no, appreciate thank you for it. Having me. No, 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 you were fantastic. Oh, you're and wonderful. I hope the listeners show you the same love that you're sharing into the world. Oh, that's so, so please, sweet. please, dude, look, look in the notes. Everything will be there. So please go and show Dom some love. Oh, thank you. Have a lovely, Bye. lovely day. Bye, guys.